Ultimate College Football Preview 2022. Presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Georgia should be right back there again, just like Alabama. Kind of nice to be able to actually talk trash for the Razorback for a change. Who's going to beat them? Welcome to another episode of the Ultimate College Football Preview 2022 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. This seven-episode series will take you through the Power Five conferences, the National Championship conversation, and the players you need to know across the Heisman and NFL draft landscape. Each episode will feature our Locked On local experts who cover each of the biggest teams around college football every Monday through Friday. We'll also be joined by betting expert Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets to help you set the edge and rake in the cash this college football season. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, host of the daily Locked On Auburn podcast. But for this series, I'll be your guide as we visit with over 30 different experts to get you ready for the season ahead. Today, we're going to the SEC, where the two biggest favorites, Alabama and Georgia, are Auburn's biggest rivals. And Auburn the team I cover, isn't even a part of this conversation. Not even the sleepers. But I'm not bitter. All I want to know is, will the Crimson Tide repeat as SEC champs? Or can the Tennessee Volunteers go from sleeper to conference champion? We'll start things off with the conference favorites. Conference favorites. It's widely expected that we will see the same two teams in Atlanta from a year ago, which means we'll also see a national championship rematch between Alabama and Georgia. Joining us to talk about Alabama and Georgia's path to Atlanta for the SEC championship game is Locked On SEC's Chris Gordy, Locked On Bama host Luke Robinson, and Clint Shamblin of Locked On Bulldogs. Clint. Georgia finally got that elephant off their back and beat Nick Saban. What does that mean going into this season? Well, we keep on trying to tell every single person is this is the new standard. Georgia fans are just, everybody believes that the season's a waste before the season even begins. Now coming off a natty, coming off that big win, we're trying to tell Georgia fans, guys, this is the new normal. This is the new Kirby. This is the new expectation. So don't don't do the thing where we poo-poo the season. And say, oh no no no, we're just we're just out here trying to get to a bowl, trying to get in the SEC. No, the expectation is SEC championship against Bama, winning it and going to the playoff every single year. This is the new standard. Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC, you, you buy that? You buy this is the new standard for uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs? Yeah, I, I've been saying that all offseason as the unbiased guy here. I like Alabama and Georgia equally as much, so I'll be the unbiased voice. But, um, you know, the, the argument that I've heard for Alabama being number one is, oh, well, you know, they're just loaded again. And, yeah, there's some questions of concern, but, you know, Saban, he just reloads. Whereas with Kirby, the mantra has kind of been, oh, well, they lost a lot to the NFL. And my argument against that is, wait, hasn't Kirby been right there with Saban in recruiting in top five classes? He should be reloading, not rebuilding, right? So if that's the case, Georgia should be right back there again, just like Alabama is every you know single year. So, uh, yeah, I think this will be the true test, is how quickly does uh, Kirby fill in those holes of all those guys that left you know, they got some tremendous pieces already on that defense, you know, that that played a little bit last year but didn't start. How quickly can those guys adjust to starting roles? But, yeah, I, I just look at it and say this has got to be a year that 
if Kirby is on par on that same level as Saban right now, not what he's done for the past decade, but right now, then Georgia, it should be a quick, let's hit the ground running and, hey, let's have an undefeated season and let's run through the East and let's meet up Alabama for another date in Atlanta in December. Luke Robinson, host of Locked On Bama. Does this change how Nick Saban approaches the season now that there's another powerhouse that that's done it? I mean, Georgia's been labeled as a power for the last five years or so, but now they've done it. It's got to be a little bit different now going into the season, right? Um, Really, I don't think so. I mean, certainly we've been through this before with LSU. Um, LSU had one of the more historic seasons in college football history. And the next year, you know, they fall off. I don't think Georgia's going to do that, by the way. I think they got much better leadership. Um, and LSU just happened to uh, have one of those seasons that some teams have every now and again. Whereas I think Georgia is uh, certainly primed to continue to be a threat every single year. Um, the one thing I would caution about, you know, saying this is the standard. And I, and I think, that is fair for Georgia fans to certainly expect to be in the national championship race from here for the foreseeable future, no doubt. Um, but the only one that's been the standard where like you either win it or it's awful is Alabama. Now, Ohio state's been way up there. I mean, almost every school in the country would trade success rate with Ohio state uh, or Clemson for that matter. Sure. And right. I think Georgia's getting in that conversation now. I mean, they probably are in that conversation. So um, but the, the lone difference is you, you got to win a couple of them. I mean, Clemson, Clemson also had a pretty good standard. And, you know, and it's funny, I, I hate this as a college football fan because I like the old bowl system in a sense. I like cup bowls. I like to watch them. But, you know, Clemson went 10 and three last year and it is viewed as, as an abject failure. I mean, just a total collapse. And wow. I mean, 10 and three is is a failing season now. And that's, that's the problem when you get to this standard um, is boy, when it, when it crashes, it's awful. Yeah. It's tough to get there. It's even tougher to, to stay there. So uh, Clint Chamblin, host of locked on Bulldogs. If things trend South, if things trend down for Georgia and they're not able to replicate what they did a year ago, what happened? What went wrong? What went wrong is that Kirby isn't who we thought he was. The recruiting and the development isn't there. The war of attrition of the coaching staff on defense were there. And we can look back and say, yes, this was the best defense last year ever, ever in college football because they did propel them into that. It means Todd Munkin is not the guy we thought he was uh, developing in third year with quarterbacks specifically before seeing his trend with that. Uh, and what it means is that, yeah, this coaching staff, uh, has no excuses. Uh, this isn't a rebuilding year by any stretch of the imagination. This, uh, again, recruiting after recruiting after recruiting, top three classes, top one classes, time and time again. Uh, yeah. It means that Todd Munkin's fallen off and Kirby Smart uh, is not the defensive guy we thought he was because the talent's there. Luke Robinson, host of Locked on Bama. Same question to you. If if Bama trends down, I mean, I think a lot of people are calling this their the best team that they've had in a while, which is saying something. If it doesn't, achieve a championship, whether it's a conference championship or a national championship, what went wrong? Uh, the only thing I could think was injuries to both Will Anderson and Bryce Young. Uh, Bryce played in the scrimmage yesterday, obviously, and he was just absolutely on point. I, I think he's going to end up being the greatest quarterback in Alabama history. Um, Will Anderson, uh, one of the best defenders in Alabama history, if not the best. And sure. then there are a lot of players around them that are very, very good, but those two are certainly the two key cogs in the wheel. And 
the other thing would be some kind of upset in there. Look, Alabama's schedule and Georgia is the same. Uh, Alabama and Georgia's schedule, it, it doesn't look quite as intimidating because Alabama and Georgia are, can't be on it to play each other right. until the SEC title game. Um, but there are some sneaky, difficult games in there, especially for Alabama. You think about going to Ole Miss and LSU back-to-back, and I think Ole Miss and LSU both have the week off if or something like that. And Ar- at Arkansas in there is tricky. Um, it's there's some sneaky hard games in there and Alabama does have some inexperience at the receiver position. I know everybody likes Jermaine Burton a lot, likes what he can do, but they've also had some injuries in that spot already. And the offensive line, I I certainly think it'll be better than last year, but it's not uh, a vintage Joe Moore winning uh, offensive line for Alabama. So there are a few things there, but in the end, I'm, I'm the same way. I just don't see where Georgia and Alabama lose until they play each other. Gordy, hearing both of those explanations as far as things that could go wrong for either one of these teams, do you think one of those is more likely than the other, or do you expect to see both of these teams in Atlanta when it's all said and done? I mean, I think the likelihood that both these teams have a loss going into December is certainly there. Uh, You look at what Alabama did a year ago, and they played with fire. I mean, you, you look at Alabama playing close games last year at Florida, you know, we know they lose to, to A&M in College Station, but, you know, the LSU game, they let LSU hang around way too long in that game than they should have got actually knocked around in the trenches. And we know how the Iron Bowl played out. Alabama should have lost that game. Kudos to them. Yes. They found a way to win it. 100% but, agree. <laughs> but, you know, I look at that and say, you know, Alabama, look at the schedule. You know, is there a game where they slip up? And, and Luke kind of hit on it. You know, that stretch where they can find a loss. Georgia, I look at the back half of that schedule, and certainly, you know, I'll take Georgia Tech out of it, but that stretch of playing floor in the cocktail party, then getting the high-powered Tennessee Hendon Hooker team, and then road trips to Starkville and to Kentucky, there might be a slip-up point somewhere in there where Georgia slips up and loses the game. So I think we're both destined still to have both these teams in Atlanta, but what happens if they both come in Atlanta with one loss? Then you're talking about literally the rights to win the SEC and getting the playoff is on the line. And I don't think a two-loss SEC team this year gets into the playoffs. So that could certainly change the dynamic of what we've become used to and what we had happened last year where, okay, win or lose, Bama and Georgia are both in the playoff. Clint, hearing that, and you say, okay, if Georgia goes into the SEC championship game with one loss, who do you think it's against? Yeah, I think that one loss. Look, I am. I got mad props for Kentucky. I think Coach Stoops does a lot of good things at Kentucky. They are a tough as nails team. And if you want to talk about sneaky games, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Like, I get it. He can he can surprise you with some points, but it, he doesn't scare me the same tenacity as a very good run game and a very good defense. Because you know what translates every single game good defense and a good run game. And that's what Kentucky is built on. Hinden Hooker and Tennessee, I think the hot cold with their trenches, if they had more development or more depth on the trenches, maybe there. Uh, I think very similar last year, Tennessee comes out, gets 14 quick points, and then Georgia puts a stop to them. I think that's similar. They might surprise first quarter in Athens, but I don't think after that. Kentucky is my bet to be a very, very tough game. And Mississippi State, too. That defense, Mississippi State, I don't. I think a lot of people are sleeping on that defense because there are some studs on that line and linebacker. They're really good. So uh, my, my money, if you told me there was one loss, it, I would say Kentucky. That's interesting. That's interesting for sure. Luke Robinson, same question to you about the, the Crimson Tide. If, if you had to predict that one loss for Alabama, assuming that happens, who's it against? Oh, I want to say Ole Miss. Um, 
simply because I think Lane Kiffin just would take so much joy out of getting a victory there. Uh, and and I feel like Lane Kiffin would be the kind of guy to say, okay, I will sacrifice three wins I should get to get this one win I shouldn't just because if I win this game, I mean, I'm set for life. Everybody's going to love me. It doesn't matter. I mean, look at – I think Ole Miss fans would do the same thing, Luke. Oh, I agree. And yeah. But look at Jimbo Fisher. I mean, they finished, what, eight and four, nine and four, whatever. I guess it was eight and four last year. And um, But all everybody talks about, instead of, hey, eight and four is pretty middle of the road, dude. Instead of talking about that, they talk about beating Alabama. That's that's all that matters. And Jimbo Fisher, you know, will get extensions because of this and get extra money because of this. So I think that that's the one I would want to pick. But the problem I have there is they're having some kind of uh, – issue at quarterback. I mean, everybody thought he'd be Jackson Dart. Luke Altemeyer is there. I remember him in recruiting very well. Alabama went after him. I think sure. he's a good player, but I don't like the fact that that's still unsettled at Ole Miss. And I know they got Zach Evans in from TCU. Uh, I think he's going to be very good, but I, I feel like that that sort of changes the way I look at this. So I will go with Arkansas because they bring back KJ Jefferson. Oh. Um, again, it's, they are a tough team. They gave Alabama fits last year. Uh, they really did. And they just don't quit. Now, I, I say they don't quit. They kind of laid down a little bit against Auburn last year, Zach. But um, they don't quit. They didn't quit against Alabama, I can tell you that. And I feel like that coach's staff is very rough and tumble. And um, th that's going to be a very difficult game. Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC. Obviously, we're talking about favorites to win the SEC championship. If it's not Georgia or Alabama, Gordy, um, who would you say is that third team? Is it A&M? AM is the one everybody's going with just because they won the recruiting national championship a few months ago and they're hanging banners. Hey, we got the number one class. Great. Now you got to go do better than eight and four. Um, I think uh, AM's got the talent. If it is Haynes King, a quarterback, like a lot of people expect it to be, he won the starting job a year ago. He's surrounded by talent all over the place. But I just think the schedule is very tough for them. And we know Saban wants to pay back Jimbo in that game in Tuscaloosa this year, pay back for the loss last year, and pay back for running your mouth uh, this, this offseason, calling a press conference to shoot arrows back at me. Uh, I look at Ole Miss as a sneaky team because, uh, like Luke said, if, if it is Jackson Dart, whoever it is, a quarterback, there's a lot of talent that's coming through the portal to Ole Miss, but the big thing Ole Miss has going for them is the, is the schedule. Go look at that schedule and find me two or three losses. I mean, Ole Miss looks like a team it sets up for them where – they can, you know, have a nice run in the table. Maybe they lose to Bama. Maybe they lose to somebody else. But, you know, they could be that team sitting there with one or two losses at the end of the year. Maybe if Bama slips up here and there and Ole Miss can pull a rabbit out of the hat, get your popcorn ready, and they upset Nick Saban this year, which you've already seen monkey off the back with a former assistant's beating Saban now. Jimbo's done it and Kirby's done it. It's right. Lane Kiffin next in line to do it. If if he does that, Ole Miss could have a miraculous season. With all the talk of, oh, my God, they lost Matt Corral. No, they've addressed all the other needs this offseason. I think Ole Miss can be that team in the in the in the West. And then, like we talked about in the East, I think Tennessee and Kentucky are both fantastic uh, teams right now. Tennessee a little worried about their defense, but you know the offense is going to score a ton of points. Can they win a shootout with Georgia and Hooker? Can and then Kentucky Will Levis. People are literally penciling him in as a first round pick next year. If that's the case, we need to see a Joe Burrow like rise in Will Levis's play this year, Kentucky. And if that happens. They might be in Atlanta. Look, I want it to be Alabama and Georgia. I've really enjoyed this. I mean, I know uh, Zach Auburn fans have a lot of problem with uh, Georgia fans. I mean, that that's sort of a thing. But, you know, every I've enjoyed – I went to the national championship game last year. I went to the one in Atlanta. I've been to all the SEC title games recently. 
And it's been a lot of fun. And I think there's so much mutual respect. And because we know those are the two most talented teams probably in the country just about every year. So I dig that. But if it's not Alabama and Georgia, if it's not, I mean, how cool would it be if it were Ole Miss and Kentucky? I mean, I I would probably go to that because two fan bases that have never been um, and Lane Kiffin against Mark Stoops. I mean, the dichotomy there is crazy. And uh, boy, I, I'm telling you, that'd be a tough ticket. Yeah. And talking about different matchups, I was the only person at SEC Media Days to vote for the Tennessee Vols to win the SEC East. Maybe I'm ridiculous. I don't know. I don't Did know. you forget Georgia's in the SEC? Uh, like you said several times, I'm an Auburn guy. It is what it is. <laughs> He's contractually <laughs> obligated to not vote Georgia. You I did too, Zach. The media has largely been wrong in picking who's playing Atlanta. So the fact that it's so overwhelmingly Alabama and Georgia, right. the odds say somebody else is going to be representing. Yeah, that, that's a good point, Gordy. That's a good point. We'll wrap this up real quick. Uh, Clint, fill in the blank here. Georgia wins the SEC if blank. If Stetson Bennett is Stetson Bennett of the national championship game, because he's the only wild card that's still out there in people's mind. I mean, again, this kid has proved everything. He has done it over and over and over again, and he's getting more weapons, and we have a better offensive line than we did last year. So if he remains consistent, this offense goes. Uh, and then the part two is if this defense gives up maybe just two or three point difference from last year, because I think this offense, the floor is 32 points a game for this offense. Defense is going to be maybe another question mark. So Stetson Bennett keeps it. And if the defense regression is just a couple of ticks down, uh, I see a, a return to that SEC championship game. Luke, same for you. Fill in the blank. Alabama wins the SEC if blank. If at least let's call it one and a half receiver steps up. I mean, you got to have, we got to have one reliable receiver. And then I don't care if it's like a tight end one game, uh, the, the slot guy, another game, Jameer Gibbs, the game after that, somebody else has to step up in the passing game and help Bryce Young out. Because I'm going to tell you something, you go back and watch that Alabama Georgia game, uh, the pass that, that Bryce Young had to a Jai Hall where he couldn't catch it. It still, it just turns my stomach. I mean, that was just a, an unbelievable play and uh, that play needs to be made. And sometimes as a receiver, you you just got to make that play. And Alabama's got to have some people dependable. And, and, of course, at the end of the year, they just didn't have them anymore. I mean, they and you saw what happened. Look, J people forget Jameson Williams went out of the Iron Bowl very early. It affected Alabama's offense. Then, of course, Mechie gets hurt in the SEC title game. And, um, and, and of course, Williamson gets hurt in the national championship game. And all of a sudden, they didn't have anybody they could depend on anymore. So they need some receivers to truly step up. Coming up next, who could be the surprise of the SEC? 12 teams look to knock off Alabama and Georgia in the conference. We are talking about the teams that are saying, don't sleep on me next on the Ultimate College Football Preview 2022 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Don't sleep on The vast majority of experts believe that a collision course is happening between Alabama and Georgia. It's unavoidable, but other teams in the SEC, like Ole Miss, Kentucky, Arkansas, Tennessee, are doing everything they can to be one of the two teams to make it to Atlanta. Joining me now, Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC, Lance Daw, host of Locked On Kentucky, Stephen Willis of Locked On Ole Miss, John Neighbors of Locked On Razorbacks, and Eric Kane of Locked On Vols. 
Eric, let's start with you talking about the Vols. I was the only person at SEC Media Days to vote for the Vols to win the East. I told you that. You thought I was crazy. Why am I crazy? But also, how can they pull this thing off? Well, year two in the system with Josh Heupel, you saw uh, an offense that averaged 21 points per game under Jeremy Pruitt go to the top 10 in the country, scoring over 39 points per game in year one. That offense is expected to be faster, uh, to be just as explosive, if not better. You return Hendon Hooker, a quarterback who was 31-3, and touchdowns, interceptions, plus he added five more rushing touchdowns on the board. You're bringing back Cedric Tillman, who's highly thought of around the SEC and now in the country. And if Tennessee can just take a step defensively, which they have more options and more depth here in year two, you think some more complimentary football can happen. That's the biggest thing going for the University of Tennessee, that offense plus. Just make a stop, get an interception in the fourth quarter, help out the offense a little bit, and uh, we'll see what Tennessee can do this year. But they're going to be fun to watch no matter what. Yeah, that seems to be one of the two teams that people are kind of labeling, labeling as a sleeper in the SEC East. Lance Dahl, host of Locked On Kentucky. Kentucky is the other one. Uh, is there a chance here? Can can the Kentucky Wildcats make it to uh, to an SEC championship in, in football? I certainly think it's possible. And you look around the SEC East, and actually Eric and I were talking about this back at SEC Media Days. I think when you compare the Wildcats roster to other rosters in the SEC, I like the depth that Kentucky has compared to some of these other teams, South Carolina, Tennessee, Florida. I really like the depth the Wildcats have. Now, is their talent on the high end? Are, are, are they able to really compete with a team like Georgia? I'm not really sure. But if there was a year for the Wildcats to make a legitimate run to Atlanta, I think you have to look at this year. Kentucky gets Georgia at home, second to last game of the season. That one could be big. I'm really looking forward to that matchup. But yeah, I think Kentucky not only has depth, but they also have pieces in that starting rotation that you would need to potentially make a run to the SEC championship game. They've got a star quarterback. They've got a really, really solid front seven. They've got a couple of different individual pieces in that secondary that could be stars. And then they've got a coaching staff that's known for developing and putting out a really good solid product on the field. So, yeah, I definitely think looking at this schedule, things set up really, really well for a decent roster to potentially make uh, a run at the title. John Neighbors, host of Locked On Razorbacks, perhaps our most handsome host of all of the Locked On hosts in our network here. Look, there's a lot of there's a lot of love being thrown towards the Arkansas Razorbacks. Coach Pittman is perhaps the most likable coach and all of college football, but are they ready to take that next step, John? I, I think so. I mean, the fact is, is that last year, Arkansas was able to do things that nobody thought possible. I mean, they, they won eight games, and I think considering where they were just a few years ago, it's kind of nice to be able to actually talk trash for the Razorbacks for a change instead of having to just suffer a beatdown every single time that uh, you get beat, uh, you get brought up. But here's the thing. like Arkansas plays in the SEC West. It's a really tough schedule. It's a really tough division. Arkansas has a really tough non-conference slate. I mean, they opened up the season against Cincinnati, the team that was in the college football playoff last year. And your next game is South Carolina. But luckily for Arkansas, their toughest games are at home. They play Bama at home. They play LSU at home. Uh, they play Ole Miss at home. Uh, they're going to uh, have to go on the road to BYU, which will be tough too. But uh, as my shirt indicates, K.J. Jefferson's the man. Uh, I mean, he's a guy that I think that uh, a lot of people are sleeping on at this point in time, and I think he's going to go out and prove himself. I think the transfers that Arkansas brought in under Sam Pittman, especially defensively, guys like uh, Drew Sanders, got, getting him from Alabama uh, on defense and offense, getting Jaden Hazelwood from Oklahoma, two former five-star players out of high school and big contributors to their team. 
I think those are the pieces that they've been missing that they're going to be able to add into the mix. The offensive line essentially is returning. The uh, running back core is returning. The secondary is probably going to be the best it's ever been at Arkansas as far as depth goes. So adding all those pieces together, I think Arkansas has a legitimate shot on it. The first five games are going to be telling, but if uh, they can find ways to really shock the world in those first five games, I think there's no reason that they can't win the SEC West or at least compete for it this year. All right, let's go from one team that has a hard time beating Auburn any year to another. Stephen Willis, host of Locked On Ole Miss. What does Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss need to do to secure the SEC West? Well, they kind of need to basically establish an identity on the talent infusion of this roster. Where There were like 17 blue chip players that went to the Sugar Bowl last year. The roster right now is at 30 blue chip players. The talent infusion has been unbelievable. But the problem is this is a team that's kind of built for 2023. But with the schedule they have, the first five games, like game fives against Kentucky, and then you get Auburn and LSU, Ole Miss potentially could start 8-0 before A&M, Alabama, Arkansas, and Mississippi State comes on the schedule. And if that happens, kind of all bets are off. Um, Obviously, look out for Michael Trigg. This is a super athlete player. And in the Lane Kiffin tight end friendly offense could put up some decent numbers and rival the Georgia quadrumviate of players. Right. And Chris Gordy, host of Locked on SEC. I know you mentioned last segment that Ole Miss was a team that you were kind of, you know, say, hey, don't sleep on on these guys. Of these other arguments that you've heard throughout these hosts on this segment, which one of those kind of pops off the page at you and says, okay, yeah, maybe uh, maybe there's something to this. Yeah, I think it's Arkansas. I think Arkansas has a, you know, this could be that year that they've taken a next step every year, um, you know, that that Sam Pittman's been there. And so I think they're knocking on the doorstep. The only reason I'm very optimistic on Ole Miss, one, they have, you know, lit up the transfer portal like Stephen Willis talked about. And, you know, they've added a lot of pieces, but also that schedule is very forgiving for Ole Miss. And a lot of people look at it and so, say, hey, look, find me four losses on there. It's hard. Because even if they Ole Miss is mediocre, you know they they should be able to win eight eight maybe nine games this year. Uh, but I'm bullish on A and M still. I, I really do think that Jimbo Fisher's done a good job there. All the rumors are that Haynes King is going to be the guy, and you know that Week Three game with Miami coming to College Station, I think is such a marquee game for them. If they win that one, man, you can take a loss at Tuscaloosa, and I think they could be sitting there with a marquee win over Miami and a marquee win over some of the other programs like Arkansas on a neutral field in Dallas again, I think A&M could be that team that's sitting there as an at-large bid if, say, Alabama and Georgia both have one losses, uh, one loss each going into the SEC championship game. I think A&M could be that team on the outside looking in going, hey, guys, we're right here. Great resume with one loss. So A&M's a team just to keep an eye on. Eight and four. <laughs> <laughs> Eight and four for the Aggies. Um, seems like Texas no matter what. Four. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So if somebody's going to have to topple Alabama or topple Georgia, I mean, quarterback play is going to be a huge, a huge part of this. And and I will purposely leave this open-ended for all of you. Uh, Of all of the teams that are being covered right here, which quarterback is best suited to help their team do that? I mean, I think it's Arkansas. I I think with KJ, uh, just because – like I, I've said this many times on my podcast. I'm like, you know, if for Arkansas to beat teams like Alabama and, and teams that like, you know, Georgia, whoever that's in the SEC, it's like they got to have some elite level quarterback because they're not going to have five star talent surrounding him. Like they'll get occasionally get some guys, but 
nothing too serious there. So, I mean, I feel like it's KJ if he stays healthy and, and he because he was the leading rusher for Arkansas last year too. I mean, with, with his dynamics, I think that uh, he might be it. And also, real quick, since you brought up you know teams that get owned by Auburn, let's just remember that in this group, there's only one little brother, and that is Auburn because Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, Ole Miss. We don't have any little brother or any big brothers. We're all big brothers here, except for you. So just remember uh, that. Sure. No, I, I'm just bitter that we were we were uh, kind of putting together. Okay, the favorites and the sleepers, and um, Auburn wasn't mentioned at all in our programming meeting. So I'm just still bitter about that, and that's okay. That's okay. Let me, let me give a little love here to Will Rogers. You know, since we don't have a Mississippi State representative here, sure. this is a guy who threw for 4,700 yards last year, 36 touchdowns, nine interceptions. I know the schedule is brutal for Mississippi State, so I don't know if, you know, like beating Bama and winning the West is is realistic, but I do think they'll play spoiler. They're going to beat somebody that they're not supposed to, whether it's A&M, Arkansas, Kentucky, you know, uh, maybe even Georgia they sneak up on. Mississippi State is going to win a marquee game this year because it's shown Mike Leach, once he's been in a place that year three and he's got the same quarterback with him, man, do they love to disrupt things and make noise. So watch for Will Rogers at Mississippi State. He's one of the most underrated quarterbacks we don't even talk about in the conference yeah Steve, absolutely yeah absolutely. Go ahead, i mean you look at mississippi state schedule i think they've got two really good opportunities to beat an sec east opponent they've got georgia they've got kentucky i mean those are two games as a wildcats fan i'm worried about that game after seeing what happened last year even though it is in lexington and then also i mean georgia georgia's what they are but at the same time, if you're going to beat a powerhouse like Georgia or Alabama, as we're sitting here talking about, you got to have a quarterback that can essentially play perfect. And I think from a completion standpoint and from an efficiency standpoint, the Mike Leach offense isn't very consistent, but it could be one of those games. It could be just one of those games where Rodgers just happens to play very, very well and, and the receivers click and everything just clicks. So, yeah, I definitely think that's a possibility. Stephen Willis, host of Locked on Ole Miss. Is that a concern for you at all? I mean, obviously, you guys get them at the end of the season. Is that something that could potentially be like, if Ole Miss is having the season that a lot of Ole Miss people think that they can have, Mississippi State would love to play spoiler at the end of it. They they absolutely would. Um, I would be more concerned if I had, we faced Mississippi State in early October or late October than on Thanksgiving. Because after going through that whole gauntlet, they're going to be as beat up as they can be. Um, facing Alabama, Georgia, Arkansas, all these was one after another, super physical teams. Um, Mississippi State usually gets their rival. Um, Mike Leach usually gets their rival about once every five years. So it's going to come up eventually, but I just don't think it's going to happen this year, even with Will Rogers. Eric Kane, host of Locked on Vols. If things don't go right for Tennessee this year, what do you think happens? Well, I can tell you right now. (laughs) Say what? I can tell you right now what's going to go wrong. Go go ahead. The floor's yours. That defense will not be able to stop a single thing. And we're hearing reports out of fall practice right now, man. That that defense is not going to be worse than last year. Statistically, it would be... You know, they did some good things. They got some uh, top 10 in the country and TFLs and all that, but they were horrible in getting sacks. They were atrocious in third down defense. They gave up a ton of points. So statistically, it's going to be tougher than to be worse defensively than they were last year. So I think there's going to be a step there. I mean, they were 101st, I believe, in overall defense a season ago. Can you jump up to be top 70? Can you jump up to be top 65? As far as the stat sheet's concerned, that's not a huge jump, but I mean, it looks a whole lot better on paper, right? It goes back to what I was saying earlier. 
complimentary football. But if Tennessee doesn't take a step, and what's a step in your opinion? Is that eight regular season wins? Is that nine regular season wins? Is that a, a pretty decent bowl game? Um, is that just playing better complimentary football with the defense? You know, Josh Heupel's not on the hot seat, don't get me wrong, but I think it'll be a little bit of disappointment. Uh, a step this year is expected in Tennessee. Uh, you know, the fan base expects Tennessee to finish second behind Georgia. Tennessee expects to beat Kentucky and to continue to win those games against South Carolina, who's not going to be a gimme towards the end of the schedule, mind you, uh, but Missouri and Vanderbilt and, and all those. And Tennessee expects to beat Florida this year. Those are kind of the expectations. I think it's in terms of the big three, Probably not going to get Georgia, in my opinion. Not going to get Alabama, in my opinion. But can you get Florida? That is a huge game for the Vols on September 24th. Y'all can't be good in football, though, because you can only be good in one major sport. And because I, I can only take so much of the, the, the insane Tennessee fans. Like, it was so bad in baseball. I never rooted for harder for Notre Dame in my life. And so if you guys get good in football, too, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I probably will jump off a bridge here in, in Arkansas. because This it's city. Like, this and y'all don't even play us. Down. Like, you don't even play us. And I just can't deal with that. It's the worst. The city will burn down if Tennessee is consistently good in football. I mean, it's just – look at baseball, for example. I mean, th this fan base is just so passionate. They just want a winner, right? So, we'll see what happens. Right. I think a, I think a good season for Tennessee is a Florida Bowl, right? Go, go to whatever the Outback Bowl used to be. That would be a successful season for Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee fans love Florida Bowls. Uh, if you go to the Belt Bowl or to the Music City Bowl or whenever, I mean, Tennessee will never go to the Liberty Bowl, but whenever that's in conversation, it's kind of just Tennessee's too good for any of those. So Florida Bowl, absolutely. Yeah. I think Tennessee getting eight to nine wins in the regular season is kind of the expectation, but uh, we'll see. You, this offense will give you a chance no matter what. Tennessee was the one of the best first quarter offenses in the country last season ago, had a second quarter lull, played good against the first quarter uh, against Georgia, Played well into the fourth quarter against Alabama, finishing those football games. We talk about taking steps. That's going to be important for Tennessee here in 2022. John, you know, just looking at this Arkansas team, what's your biggest concern going into the year? Defensive line. Uh, I don't even think it's close because um, if there was one position group that Arkansas hasn't recruited well at and hasn't really gone to the portal and, and gotten some big time names, it's been defensive line. And that's why they fired or Sam Pim fired Jamal Ashley, who was the defensive line coach last year. It's like I woke up on a Sunday morning and he was fired because, fun fact, since Sam Pittman's been at Arkansas, Jamal Ashley, they did not even host one four-star defensive lineman on campus. Not wow. commit or anything. Didn't even host one. And they were in the running for a kid, that kid from TCU, I can't remember his name, in the transfer portal. But um, once they didn't get him, he fired him. And he brought in Deke Adams. So, I mean, that that's to me the biggest and honestly that's to me going to be what holds back Arkansas this year because we know all of us know like in the SEC trench play if you have great trench play you're going to be a great team Arkansas's offensive line is great but defensive line that could be the difference between going seven and five and going ten and two so I, I don't really know what to expect out of that you're hopeful and they've got some depth they got players but how good are they that, that's kind of the biggest question mark for them Steven, biggest concern for Ole Miss going into the year. If something happens and, and the season trends the wrong way, what do you think happens? Uh, the quarterback competition, they didn't get it right. Um, between Jackson Dart and Luke Altmyer, that is the only question that Ole Miss fans care about. And if Jackson Dart is good, he if he is as good as advertised, the ceiling is through the roof with this team. If he's bad, his floor is pretty low. So this team could go anywhere from five and seven all the way up to ten and two or eleven and one. They have such a wide range, and it all starts with that quarterback position. 
Lance, same question about Kentucky. If something trends the wrong way, what happens? I definitely think the receiver room does not pan out. They got a lot of youth there. Tavion Robinson uh, is transferring in from Virginia Tech. Could be the Robinson replacement to Wandale Robinson, uh, who was Will Levis's favorite target last year. But yeah, I think that Will Levis is going to do a lot of really good things for this offense. But if he can't find players that can consistently get open, I don't know if Kentucky's going to have a lot of success this year against teams like Ole Miss. Uh, I, I think that definitely could be a struggle. All right, and then... I know we already touched on this a little bit with Tennessee, but Eric, if things trend the wrong direction, what happened with the Vols? Running back is a a, a big-time concern. Four scholarship running backs on the roster. Uh, Tennessee went through five a season ago. So four scholarship running backs. The top two are injury-prone. The bottom two are true freshmen. That is a concern for Tennessee. Alabama is favored to win the SEC, but is it the best value for your money, we are setting the edge with Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets next on the Ultimate College Football Preview 2022, brought to you by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Setting the edge with Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets. You can find all the betting advice you need every Monday through Friday with Locked On Bets. The podcast is hosted by your boy Q and betting expert Lee Sterling. Georgia may have won the rematch with Alabama for the national championship, but Alabama took the SEC title in December. Can they repeat again, or will Georgia come out on top in the conference? Let's hear what Lee Sterling has to say. Don't forget, you can follow him on Twitter at Paramount Sports. Look, Lee, Alabama leads the way in Vegas when you look at the bet online lines here, minus 140. At this point, to me, it seems like a layup. Just always bet on Alabama and the Crimson Tide. Especially with Nick Saban with, you know, the motivation there. So true. look at them 10 and a half. Who's going to beat them? Texas? I don't think so. I think Texas oh. picked the wrong quarterback to start the year. You know, they felt pressure. Okay. I don't think Steve Sarkeesian's making the decisions there. <laughs> the higher-ups are. Texas A&M in the rematch game? Doubt it. No way. Tennessee is maybe the only team that has a shot at them. Uh, LSU, Auburn always plays them tough, but 10 and a half wins. I can't see them regular season 12 games losing more than one game. Uh, I like the over on te- 10 and a half. And here's what's crazy. Everyone talks about the offense, and obviously Will Anderson's going to get a lot of hype. Sure. But how about this? They allow just 2.7 yards per carry running the football. And – 57 sacks, not 27, 37, or 47, 57 sacks. They got it all, plus a great head coach. I like Alabama. Yeah, they they jump out into an early lead, and they have to keep, you know, they keep you one-dimensional because you have to pass the ball. And so, yeah, they they get on you early, and that's, that's about it. Georgia, rightfully so, is second when you look at the odds to win the SEC. They're at plus one. 60 and it really seems like it Lee going into the season if it's not Alabama it is the Georgia Bulldogs well they're gonna have to with offense this year totally different than last year I think their defense will be okay yeah but it'll be different so Kendall Milton who will be I think their feature back and Kenny McIntosh more on third downs I think they're gonna be really good and I think they have the best tight ends in the country they have three guys watch the spring game their third string guy starts at 75% of colleges. 
in America. Yeah. And their receivers will be improved also. But um, they're going to have to outscore teams. And I don't know if they can do that um, on a consistent basis. I think it's Alabama, and then there's about three or four teams that will battle it out for the second-best team. You know, they've got the talent. They recruit. Uh, just depends how they come together. But I would probably play the under. I could see them going 10-2 and two this year in the regular sure. season. Texas A&M has the third-best odds to win the SEC per bet online. And look, there's a massive drop-off from plus 160 to plus 1,400. And A&M's kind of in a tier on their own. Then there's another big drop-off before you get to the likes of Kentucky. A&M is so interesting, Lee, because they have the talent, right? I mean, A&M's very excited that they have the best recruiting class, arguably ever, which is which is fine. But, you know, as long as you continue to go eight and four, and as long as your quarterback play continues to be questionable, unless you can generate offense in other ways, it hasn't mattered for Jimbo Fisher at this point. So betting on Texas A&M, I, I don't like this. I, I, I don't like that move at all. So I think they're going to go over eight and a half wins. But I think they got three pretty good quarterbacks. I don't know if any one of them is great and can go into like an Alabama win the game. If they beat Miami, and that's going to be a tough test. Remember, Mario Cristobal as an underdog coach is incredible. Just look it up from his time at uh, Oregon. If they can do that, their defensive line is going to be scary good. If you give them five, six weeks to come together, these freshmen, this might be a line they talk about almost on the level in the NFL of like the purple people eaters or the fearsome foursome or, or the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they're going to be incredible. So they got they – it looks like maybe three or four true freshmen will start or by the third or fourth game be starting. Sure. Um, the question I have is the receivers. Don't hang on to the ball real well. And sometimes when you have three quarterbacks, you know, one doesn't do well. Jimbo is a, a quarterback whisperer, and I, I think he'll pick the right one. But um, they have some problems to uh, look out. But I, I do think they're just talent. It's just overwhelming. I like them over eight and a half, but they're not on Alabama's level. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a name of that unit. The Angry Aggies, maybe? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But after that, there there's a, a big drop-off, right? And everybody's in the same tier here. Yeah. Kentucky plus 4,000. Tennessee plus 4,000. Ole Miss plus 5,000. Florida plus 5,000. LSU plus 5,000. <laughs> Auburn plus 5,000. And then Arkansas at 6,600. I mean, how any analyst has the rest of the teams in the SEC, it's all going to be different based on who you ask because all of these teams have the equal amount of questions and a lot of these teams are going to play each other and beat each other up. Yeah. The only teams I would take a chance on, if you want to just take some shots on long shots are Tennessee and Kentucky. I like them both over seven and a half and eight wins. I think Tennessee, that, that cheat code two two by two offense, I got two receivers on each side is tough. And if they win the East, just got to win one game, you know, against Alabama probably. Right. So you want to take a shot and throw some money on, I would say Tennessee or Kentucky because they have a really good quarterback in Levis and a really good running back in Rodriguez when he doesn't fumble the ball. And their coaching staff is very underrated. Stoops has put together a bunch of really good position coaches and really good recruiters. And who knows, everything goes right. 
you know, one of those two teams can get in the championship game and then, you know, you just you roll the dice and they probably have nothing to lose. Yeah, and, and don't tell Stoops that Kentucky's a basketball school. That really that really sets them off. No, I, I'm with you, Lee. I'm very high on the Tennessee Vols. I was the only person at SEC Media Days to vote for the Vols to win the East. I, I think there's a very, very solid chance that this offense is borderline unstoppable. A lot of questions on the defense, but if they can get it right, especially if Georgia doesn't answer some of the questions on the offensive side of the ball, I think that becomes a very, very interesting conversation. My the the biggest thing against Tennessee is, is similar to what Auburn has to deal with all the time. Uh, I mean, Tennessee and Auburn are the only ones that have to do this as far as playing Alabama and Georgia, and the same year every year. I mean, that's just that's just tough. It's just absolutely tough from a scheduling standpoint. But I think as far as winning the East. You can lose a game and still win the East, especially if you're able to beat Georgia. Yeah, which I think this year is doable. Last year, you know, it was tough to score 10 points on that defense. Right. What What do you think about Ole Miss as a long shot? That was one that locked on SEC host Chris Gordy said earlier in, uh, in today's show. I, I thought his take was pretty interesting. So I don't like Jackson Dart a whole lot. Um, if you watch the spring game, he looked horrible. Now, part of it was probably didn't know the offense, but yeah. I love the running game. If they're smart, they run the ball. Zach Evans and Ulysses Bentley, I think, might be top two, top three running back tandem in college football. They are that good. And I really like both coordinators. Usually I'm a little worried about new coordinators with Charlie Weiss Jr. and, and Maurice Crum, but I think both are going to be really good. I think they're going to win over seven and a half games. I have for eight, maybe nine wins, but um, still the yeah. defense is is nothing special, and they don't have a whole lot of depth on the defense. Right. What about South Carolina as a as a real long shot here? Plus 8,000. Is there a chance? You know, Beamer's got some positive momentum going with this program. We talked about Spencer Rattler. I know you shared your thoughts on him just a moment yeah. uh, or earlier in our preview, but – it's just like if they could figure it all out, Lee, I mean, you can kind of talk yourself into it. South Carolina has never really been afraid of Georgia. It seems like, um, I think it's interesting. I'm not putting my money on it, but I think it's worth the conversation. It's interesting and they will be better. And I, I think Spencer Rattler with less pressure on him will be good. Yeah. They should have a good running game. And I think another coaching staff does a really good job and the coach kids up. And, I, you know, some of these coaching staff, you know, they're, they'll, if a kid's not going to start, they'll burn a kid and he's looking to transfer. I think they're building something. I, I don't know if I would call it special. They're going to be very competitive. The problem is the other teams just have more talent than them. All right, Lee, of all the teams that we mentioned, we're not going to go over Mississippi State, yeah. Missouri, and Vanderbilt. We're just not. Yeah. We're just not doing it. <laughs> uh, of all the teams that we've discussed, though, as far as value, as far as return on your investment, and yeah. wagering on all this, where are you going with everything? What do you, where is your money? Uh, under on Florida, seven wins. I, I I don't see how they get above six wins. I think they're a five at best six win team. If Anthony Richardson gets hurt, they might win three games. Mm. There's just nothing there. Um, now in a couple years, I think they're going to be really good. I mean, you look at the recruits that they have coming in next year. I mean, defensive line, offensive line, scary good. Uh, but it's just not there right now. Too many key guys left defensive line, linebacker position. And, you know, hey, you can talk about all you want about the SEC. 
games are won in the trenches sure. in the SEC. So you can have all the talent at quarterback and running back. If you can't protect the quarterback and you can't stop the run, you're not going to win games. And uh, it could get it could turn really bad after that first game against Utah. So you know, just think they're going to have a really tough year this year. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Ultimate College Football Preview 2022 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. After not discussing Auburn, the team I cover in the SEC, tomorrow we'll move on to the ACC. Can Clemson reassert its dominance in the conference or will the Miami Hurricanes sweep through for their first ever ACC title? Once again, I'm Zach Blackerby. And until next time, thank you to our friends at Odyssey. And thank you for listening and watching. You can find the Ultimate College Football Preview 2022 on the Odyssey app or your favorite podcast provider to make sure you don't miss an episode.